Welcome to the Proactivity Podcast, where we celebrate stronger, happier people through better health, from the gym, to the workplace, to the community, and everywhere in between. We hope you enjoy listening. Okay, so uh, so welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Everyday Extraordinary. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Eric Eisenhardt, and as always, I have a very special guest today, um, and, and this one is going to, I think rock some worlds a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to, you know, overbuild it up. But, uh, but the gentleman I'm about to introduce is just, uh, just a phenomenal guy and has a phenomenal story to share. And that is uh, Chip Palix, the, uh, Palix, the CEO and chairman of America's Grow Row here in Hunterdon County. Um, so Chip, welcome to our show. Thanks, Eric, for having me. Glad to be here. It is awesome to have you. You know, I can remember, I guess it must have been maybe last year or even two years ago, um, we had brought some volunteers from base camp out to the farm, and I had the opportunity to hear your story. And, you know, growing up in this area and knowing kind of the area where your farm is and kind of watching it from almost the background develop over the years, I, I never really grasped the concept but then when i got to kind of get out there and then hear your story it was like wow so uh if you don't mind before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts tell us a little bit about yourself kind of your background and, and how we got to here sure well it's a, a whole lot to you know put together because the whole journey you know who knew that it was going to start so long ago but um you know i'm really a transplant that came out here um you know i grew up in Bergen county uh, I worked there you know, essentially my whole life, had some small reloads back and forth when I was working at Unilever. Um, but the last one uh, was basically that, that brought me into the, the Flemington area. So um, back in 2001, I uh, packed up my family and we moved out to this beautiful agricultural setting here in Hunterdon County and uh, immediately fell in love with agriculture. Again, never had exposure to that growing up in Bergen County, lived in a very small town. Um, and uh, really was never exposed to a whole lot of volunteering either. So it was kind of interesting that, you know, coming out here really spurred on two types of growth, uh, spiritual growth uh, opportunities, and that was, uh, you know, volunteering and, and, and really uh, you know, working the earth. So it's, it's been quite the, uh, um, quite the transition, um, but, it, you know, we're going on 19 years, and it's been an awesome thing. So, um, but yeah, so I moved out to uh, Hunter County, and um, you know, one of the things I wanted to start was a, a daddy-daughter project with my then four-year-old daughter. And I thought it'd be a great idea to start a garden and uh, really looking to have two things come out of that experience. One, you know, if she planted uh, healthy food, she'd want to eat healthy, right? And then the other was an opportunity to, uh, to get back to those in need. So um, you know, I was reading an article in the paper one day, uh, we had some extra produce uh, coming out of our garden, which was a massive garden, by the way. Uh, <laughs> zealous the first year, um, but had tons of extra produce, didn't know what to do with it. And uh, saw a three-line article in the paper that said, if you have extra produce, to bring it to the Flemington Area Food Pantry and grow a row for the hungry. And that's really how we, we came up with the name. We called it Grow a Row, and, and the rest is history. Wow. So, you know, it's funny because uh, your story, believe it or not, inspired me this year during the pandemic to plant a little garden. And I could not get over how much yield you get from one zucchini plant, one tomato plant. It's unbelievable. So 
you know, you went, you, um, you started this daddy-daughter project, um, kind of a, a transplant out here from, from a little bit more of an urban area in Burton County, and kind of got a little bit excited with maybe the agricultural landscape, and you grew this thing, you brought, uh, you grew this garden, and you started bringing it to the food pantry. Like, what happened then? Like, how, how did that kind of kick so, off? Yeah, so it was a pretty powerful experience. And, um, um, you know, the first time I went down there, you know, again, hearing from, you know, the plea in the paper uh, that they need extra produce. Uh, the moment I walked in there, um, I, it, was, it was crazy, Eric. I mean, there because I, I was never exposed to this before. But there were folks that were all lined up against the wall in chairs, and they all had cards with numbers on them. And they were all different walks of life. Like anyone you would see walking down the street or working at ShopRite or, or any retailer or anywhere for that matter. And, uh, you know, I, we walked in and we had, you know, a couple cases, like you said, zucchini, right? It was crazy. And so had all this extra, we, we waited our turn. Uh, as people were being called up to the front, you know, 25, 26, 27, and everyone would go up to the front to get whatever food they could. So when we waited our turn, we went up and we had, uh, you know, a couple cases and, and the woman behind the desk said, well, why don't you put it over in the corner there on that empty rack? We never get produce. So they didn't even have a cooler at the time. And so, you know, we kind of dropped it off and left and felt like, all right, well, check the box, good deal of the day. And um, as we left, I remember, I, I will never forget the image, but there was a woman that came running out of the food pantry and her eyes were like wide open and she was almost panicked in a way. And she was saying, sir, sir, please promise me you'll come back again. You know, for health reasons, I need fresh fruits and vegetables, but I can't afford it. And we never get any produce here. Will you please promise to come back again? I mean, how can you say no, right? Oh my gosh. So, so here we are, we're in Hunterdon County statistically i think you know when when people who know hunterton county and they look around the area and, and maybe some of the homes and the cars on the road they think oh, there's no need there um and you go down to flemington and you bring produce and it's something they don't have you know it sounds like really at all um and you get this kind of i don't know it sounds like an aha kind of experience this woman comes at you and says you know sir sir come back so then what? <laughs> so, so we did, right? And then yeah. we realized that, hey, this is, you know, something that's God ordained and that, you know, God had a calling for me and my family. And so we decided to expand the garden size um, years after that um, and just really commit to being able to grow as much as we can for those who need it the most. You know, we dug deep, Eric, and we realized that, you know, with some research that at the time, there was, uh, you know, over a million people who were faced with food insecurity, meaning that they don't know where the next meal is coming from. And that uh, one in five children were going hungry as well. And wow. that uh, there's not just a need for food, but healthy fresh fruits and vegetables. When we went to what's called a food desert, and that's an area that's geographically defined as not having access to fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, we set up what we call free farm markets. And so we started bringing produce out to these areas because we knew the people that live there don't have access to and they can't afford any fresh fruits and vegetables and they need it. Um, but the, uh, the most powerful moment early on that really kind of drove home like 
what we're doing isn't just like a nice thing to do, but clearly a necessity, is when we had a couple hundred uh, folks online, it was a Saturday morning, and uh, they're waiting for an hour or two, it was a, you know, a hot summer morning, and during this, one of the uh, women, a senior, uh, was online, and she passed out. And so anyway, she got the medical attention she needed and everything, and she was fine, but it turns out that she had diabetes. Um, her blood sugar was off, and so that's why she collapsed. And we learned that she you know, would come to our free farm market to get produce because she couldn't afford the uh, medication for her uh, diabetes. And the only way that she could regulate her blood sugar is through the produce that we we're giving her. So really impressed upon all of us, like, wow, you know what? This thing is, you know, it's important. You know, we need to get food to those who need it, not just food, but healthy food, because, you know, someone's life could depend on it, essentially. It's like, uh, that, that is like a, a double calling. So you've got obviously this, this kind of calling of service here. And then you've got like the nutrition aspect, the fuel aspect, like let food be thy medicine, right? You know, obviously kind of the founder of modern day medicine, um, you know, saying that. So now, so you were going to these food deserts, you started in Hunterdon, then you were starting to go to these food deserts. Now, was this all from like your family plot or like how did you get from family plot to what is now America's grower up? So, yeah, so the first couple of years of the family plot. Um, and so the second year, third year, we you know, blew it out to around 125 feet by, you know, 65 feet. Good size. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so, so much interest locally, uh, specifically from our church, that folks want to get out and be able to be part of this, you know, mission type of program. So, so in our local church down the street, um, you know, got involved and, uh, you know, and then one thing led to the next and we made our way over to where, what's our, our current headquarter location uh, that had a, a farm market on it. And we, uh, we asked them if they would allow us to have a, a small plot, a quarter acre, and they said yes. We also started to glean from their, uh, their excess crops, and it just began to swell from there. And so, you know, fast forward, that first year, we donated 120 pounds. Um, now, each year, over the last you know, four or five years, we've been donating 1.5 million or more pounds a year, uh, over 10 and a half since we started the program. So, how many years is that? Well, since we started, it was uh, 2002. So, you know, going into our, you know, 19th season, 18th year. So, 18, 19 years ago, you, you know, start a little daddy-daughter project. And you bring some food down to the pantry. You expand it into, like, a family project. You bring food into food deserts. You continue to serve, and I would imagine also get joys, you know, fulfillment out of the ability to serve and, you know, give people fresh produce that can't otherwise afford it or access it. And your church gets on board, you start to go into maybe a little bit more production, you produce 125 pounds, and now you're producing 1.5 million pounds of food a year. Yeah, so six million servings. But, but you know what, Eric, let, let's not get caught up on the numbers. Because the reality is it's not about the pounds, it's about the people. It always has and it always will be. If you look at our logo, there's a heart embedded in your corn. It's, it's there for a reason. 
because we're we're about you know you know spreading you know joy and love and and, and you know just giving uh, folks an opportunity to share and, and something that really should be uh, accessible to everybody. We're looking to fill bellies, but we're also looking to fill hearts. And so those folks who come out to volunteer, you know, they get an awesome experience being on the farm, uh, not just from an agricultural standpoint, but being able to get back in a very unique hands-on approach uh, that gives them the opportunity to, um, you know, be able to put food onto the plates of, you know, folks that night. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than that. I mean, that's really huge. So again, you will cry the pounds and, and the accomplishments, but at the end of the day, you know, as long as we're touching one life, you know, that's what really makes all the difference. That's awesome, man. That is, that's truly extraordinary. So you now, I mean, to produce that much, to serve that many people, um, you, you must have a, a bigger operation than a quarter acre. You know, for those that don't live out here in Hunterdon County that are tuning in, you know, I get to ride my bike by the farm, you know, pretty regular, or farms, I should say, pretty regularly. Give people kind of an idea of, of what this operation looks like now and then maybe um, like how they could get involved or anything like that. Well, as you know, Green Proactivity coming out a couple of years or last year, um, you know, we have multiple farms. We have one that's in Alexandria, one in, in uh, Union Township, Franklin Township, and now we just secured another in Clinton Township. So we've got uh, 440 acres in total right now. Um, and uh, again, just you know, secured our fourth farm back in April. So we're, you, know, you could say we're in a uh, continuous growth mode, uh, not just in terms of the ground, but also uh, you know, getting as much property as we can to be able to you know, tap into and, and uh, you know, address the need that's out there, not just in New Jersey, um, but also, mind you, throughout the Mid-Atlantic region. Because we're also distributing into heavily, very heavily into New York City and Philadelphia. Um, into uh, Maryland and Virginia, West Virginia and Connecticut. And this year we're looking to expand outside of the seven states that we're currently delivering to as well. Wow, so you're growing and you're giving uh, essentially the, almost like the East Coast here, especially the, the Northern East and the Mid-Atlantic uh, to your point, that's absolutely amazing. Now, I, I, I know kind of a little bit more of the background, but you're not doing this while still working at Unilever, right? I mean, how, how, I mean that would be mine, but that would be beyond extraordinary, my friend. Yeah. How, how did uh, that kind of transition, because it sounds like you followed your heart, right? You kind of had this, it's, it sounds like a great job with a great organization, and you kind of had some of these moments or, you know, kind of someone was tapping on the shoulder and said, like, calling you said, and now you're here. Yeah. How did you navigate that? So, you know, it's funny when you look behind, you know, um, in the rearview mirror, how like all the different experiences, you know, play into where you are today and, uh, you know, and, and help cultivate and, and develop you. And, and really, um, when I was at Unilever, it, look, it gave me a whole lot of experience in terms of marketing and sales and finance, just, you know, business management that really has played into being able to create you know, the nonprofit that we have now. Um, but, you know, really the transition occurred at the end of 2007 uh, when I had to get relocated out of here. You know, as I mentioned before, I was relocated in the area. And then, you know, this whole grow row thing takes off, right? And uh, I know it's, you know, it's, it's my passion. It's why, why I'm supposed to be here. And, and uh, I just couldn't walk away from it. So, you know, I, I walked away from the corporate world 
Um, and here's something to think about. Uh, you know, I walked away from the corporate world in 2007, 2008, right, that time frame, um, and I decided to create a nonprofit. So probably not the most ideal time, uh, you know, given the economy and such, but look, that's when the need was great and we were able to, you know, be able to manage through all that. But I also started working at, uh, you know, a local bank here in town. I was working 40 hours a week there and 40 hours a week at Grower Out. So I was working 80 hours a week, just trying to make both ends meet financially, personally, and also get the organization off the ground. Um, but you know, it, look, it was, it was a very challenging period. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just blessed, uh, that, uh, we were able to make it out of that and uh, just knowing how many lives have been touched. Uh, look, just really can't put a price tag on it. it it's hard to say I do it all over again. Uh, <laughs> it was very difficult, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't give this up for the world because um, I don't go to work every day. You know, I do what I do. It's, it's a passion and I don't consider it a job. You know, I think so many people um, that that's a, an internal struggle. I've, I've talked to a lot of people over the years in, in very kind of, differing um, formats and, and groups. And I think that a lot of people find themselves with this calling to do something, but they're kind of, they've got this, you know, a, a J-O-B, you know, that they go to every day and they're kind of in between this, well, I got to provide for my family or I got to, you know, make ends meet, um, but I really want to do this. So I, I, I obviously I commend you on the ability to kind of grin and bear it. I mean, 80 hours a week is, is insane. You know, if someone was kind of in that situation that you found yourself in where you had this, this passion, this purpose, this thing you knew you were put on the earth to do, and it was at, at odds maybe with what was giving you the financial wherewithal stability to do what you kind of had to do or what you felt obligated to do, what advice would you give them? You know, look, I would say, I would say go for it. I mean, if you have a passion, you know that that passion can serve a purpose. Uh, look, it doesn't have to be as big as Grow Road, the impact that you're making. You know, like I said before, if everyone just touches one life, I mean, if you impact just one life, you're making a huge difference. You know, think about the ripple effect. So I would say that, uh, you know, manage within your means. And, and you know, we, we all know what our boundaries are. Um, but, you know, get, to, get a good team to surround you. You know, I, I'm very fortunate. I've surrounded myself with success. You know, I've got... A, you know, great solid team and board of trustees. Um, and, uh, you know, we're all like-minded and we're all in it for the, for the right reason. So, you know, you find what drives you. Um, you know, you got to make sure you got a passion. You got to figure out how to make that passion serve a purpose. Um, put together a great plan, get the right people, and, and everything else comes to fruition from there. Yeah. Totally. That's awesome. So you obviously have grown this thing. Uh, you and your team, for that matter, have, have grown this, uh, this what started as a, a daddy-daughter project into something tremendous. Um, and I would imagine now you've had to wear many hats as farmer, which I, I don't even know if we told people, maybe we did in the beginning, but I'll, I'll just interject that you had no farming experience prior to this whole thing. Is that correct? Or gardening for that matter? <laughs> you know, my, my parents, they always say, Chip, we had a garden at home. We couldn't get you to even like step within 50 feet of that garden. Like why, why now? Like, hey, I was waiting for us, you know? Yeah, that's it. That's amazing. So, so zero gardening or farming experience. Uh, a, a guy from Bergen County, 
um, which probably doesn't have quite the agricultural roots that that hunted in, or maybe it does way, way back, but but certainly not in the most recent time. Um, Daddy Daughter Project grows into 400 acres, feeding people all along the eastern seaboard. Um, and now I got to think that you're your business manager, you know, your finance, your marketing, your, you're like everything. But of all of that stuff, like what is the thing that brings you the most joy? Um, and, and where do you get kind of that most, you know, fulfilling moments, I guess, in the, in the day to day? You know, there's so many moments, um, you know, I, I, I just like close internally at home, you know, seeing how my daughter, how she's so, uh, focused and committed, you know, to be involved in Grow Row and how she just so believes in it. And she grew up with it, you know? So giving to her is in her DNA. That's, you know, that's huge to be able to have your, your, your child. That's the legacy that they want to be, uh, you know, uh, someone who gives and supports those in need. That, that's massive. But, you know, outside of that, it's the 9,000 volunteers that come out a year. You know, they're going through the same thing. And I, I've seen people's lives change just by coming out for a couple hours, you know, seeing the impact they can make or not realizing, learning that, you know, here like in Hunterian County, you know, that there's not a lot of poverty, but there is some, you know, and there are some people who are, who are you know, dealt, dealing with the, the, the silent hidden hunger issue. And so I think, you know, what inspires me is knowing that what we're doing is making not just an impact for the people that we feed, but we're giving other people the opportunity uh, to satisfy the need that they have deep inside to give back and uh, you know that that's huge look we're never going to hear the stories of all the, how people have gone off and done all the great things you know as a result of you know this experience but we know it's happening and that's that's powerful absolutely well I can tell you like I said when uh, when I was able to come out and visit initially and, and get to know the the organization a little bit more and the need and and kind of the approach and strategy and all that you guys were doing uh, it certainly inspired me you know we uh, had that opportunity to bring out the, the fourth grade class from uh, Tewksbury Education or excuse me Tewksbury Elementary School and and I know some of those kids just eyes opening and I think that sharing stories and sharing experiences is it's just so powerful um, you know, and, and I think about some of the things you said prior related to 2008 um, and related to the fact that we may not know how much need maybe does exist in our own hometown or around the country. I got to think that right now with everything going on during the pandemic and people being, you know, a little bit more locked down or maybe their wallets are a little bit, um, you know, more strapped. Um, that's, that's got to be having an impact. What kind of challenges are you guys facing right now as it relates to everything that's going on? Well, I mean, this is the year like no year, as you would expect. I mean, any business you know, is, is uh, dealing with um, struggles, uh, transition, uh, change, um, just this thing. But for us, everything turned upside down. Because as I said before, we have around 9,000 volunteers a year. Well, that's pretty hard when you have to manage through social distancing and all the guidelines that are coming down from the state and understandably so to keep, you know, not just uh, themselves safe, but our, our farm, our farm team and such. So, you, you know, every area of the business has been touched, but every area of the business has changed and it's changed for the better. So, so this year we basically flipped from being more volunteer based organization to being more commercially based obvious reasons. So we brought on a couple extra farm uh, folks to help in the fields. Um, 
And so we still have some volunteers that are coming out this year, uh, but they're kind of helping plug you know, holes and fill gaps where the farm team can't do what they can, you know, what they need to do in the field. We've mechanized some of our operations a bit. Um, and, and that's what's going to get us through this year. And, and look, the main goal is getting food to those folks who need it. So if we can't get volunteers to come out, you know, in 2020, that's okay. You know, we'll get them back out in 2021. But in the meantime, we're going to honor, you know, the commitments to the, the funders and the donors who've given us their hard-earned money to make sure that we're helping those in need. So, you know, don't be surprised if we surpass our goals this year in terms of volume because, you know, we're running on all cylinders here and our team is beyond committed. And it's exciting to see them work. Farm, the farm has never looked better. And uh, it's just exciting to see everyone working together for a common cause. That's amazing. Well, I think, you know, it's a, a true testament to um, a strong team when uh, kind of the going gets tough and people, you know, kind of bind together and, and almost play above themselves. And, and it sounds like you have that. And I, you know, I have to give a shout out to our team because I certainly feel that in so many ways that, you know, it's been a real challenge. Um, but, but the best teams are the ones that figure out, or the best communities, the best societies are the ones that figure out how we come together during this whole thing and overcome and be stronger on the other side. And, and it sounds like you guys have done that. So I guess, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up with this last thing. And, and it's, you know, every time I hear this story, it just is, is so um, amazing. And, and it makes me think like, okay, how can I not only share it here on the podcast, but how can I get other people to continue to hear it, support, et cetera. So instead of me kind of dreaming it up, maybe I just ask you straight out, What's the best way um, that people who listen to this can support you and, and America's Grow Row and, and the mission that, that y'all uh, pursue? So, you know, our, our program again is, is based on volunteers. Uh, and, and, uh, and since we're a nonprofit, um, we don't sell anything. I, I don't know if I mentioned that before, but 100% of the produce that comes off our land is donated to those who need it. We don't sell it at all. So the only revenue streams we have come from individuals in corporations. We don't accept state or federal uh, funds um, for operating or anything um, until this year for obvious reasons in the, you know, the, the you know, just occurring in, in terms of the economy and such. Um, so I would say, look, if you're interested in coming out, um, you know, with a couple of folks to help, uh, you know, throughout the week uh, to help us harvest, you know, we, we could use, uh, certainly use a hand uh, if you're looking to make make a financial contribution. Just know that it's certainly helping not just people in need, but it really is helping the whole COVID effort as well. Um, because our food is, has never been more important. You know, the underserved and the uh, vulnerable populations uh, that need our food, you know, they need healthy produce to build their immune systems, especially during the pandemic. So um, yeah, if, if you have an interest, you know, reach out to us. Uh, you can go onto our website, americasgrowroad.org. And uh, there's a couple different ways that you can get involved. That's awesome. Well, we'll be sure to share those websites and, and different ways people can connect with you all, um, you know, via, via the video version of this, uh, this podcast here today. And, um, and as always, it is a pleasure. Before we sign off, is there any kind of thing we maybe missed that you want to make sure we get uh, out there to the world? Well, I'd say I'd like to say thank you to you because, you know, at the end of the day, nonprofits don't usually have a marketing budget. And if they do, they're pretty small. So when folks like you take the time to hear and highlight our story, that just gets more folks involved. So we consider you our 
and your team to be just as much part of the Grow Road team side by side in the fight against hunger. So, um, again, thank you for, uh, for this opportunity. Oh, well, it is certainly our pleasure. We will do everything we can to kind of use the, the little megaphone that we have. We'll be sure to blast it as loud as we possibly can. So, Chip, have a great day, my friend. And, uh, and I certainly look forward to catching up with you and your team soon. Thanks. So and next time you're riding your bike past the farm, hop on over. We got 1.5 million pounds to pick. All right. Fair enough. Deal. Take care, my friend. Thank you. Take care. Right, see you. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope you'll follow ProActivity on social media or check out www.pro-activity.com to keep up with the latest happenings. See you on the next one.